0: I will speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Good morning. What a really amazing and wonderful morning it is. I want to start this morning with a question for all of you, as I normally would be doing for the children during the children's moment. They always like to answer, you can just think about this, meditate upon it when I ask you this question. Who are you? I know that probably sounds simple, but really think about it. If someone you've never, ever met before were to ask you that question, who are you, where would you begin? How would you start? Of course, all of us can really answer it quickly in the simplest of ways by just stating our name. In just 15 minutes or so for the first time, As I mentioned already, since February of 2020, we'll be celebrating the sacrament of holy baptism here in this church for this beautiful little child sitting up here on the front pew with her family. And just before I pour the warm water over her tiny little head, I will look up and ask her mother and father, Shannon and Israel, name this child and to say for us and for God the Christian name that they have chosen for their daughter. From that moment on, in what the old Baptist preachers I grew up with used to call the Lamb's Book of Life, the name Hannah Lee Clare will be written down, and she will be marked as Christ's own forever. And as she grows and gets older, that given name will become, for her, the first Answer she will give when asked the same question, I've just asked all of you. And really, no matter how young or how old we may be, our name is the first word of who we are that we've been given. But beyond the name given by our parents at the beginning of our life, or even a different name that maybe you've adopted or decided you like better once you got old enough to change it, The answer to that question can begin to get a lot more complicated as it moves forward. Perhaps most of us would next move on to describing what we do in our lives. Who am I? Well, in addition to the given name my mother gave me, I would most likely next describe myself as my vocation, an Episcopal priest. For me to answer with that also helps to give a little more identification to me, is part of the greater Anglican communion of Christian churches that are found not just here in this country, but all over the world. Perhaps you might answer with a simple career title as well, whether you're still working or you're retired now. Maybe you're a lawyer now, or maybe you were a doctor. Maybe you are an accountant, or maybe you served as a teacher. Of course, it could already be more complicated than that with a description needing to include the kind of sales you might have worked in, or the area you manage or oversee. Maybe you're an advisor or a specialist. Maybe you work in a specific kind of laboratory, or you are a mechanic for a certain kind of aircraft or vehicle. It could even be that in your retirement, you now prefer to simply identify yourself as a wife or a husband or a grandparent, or maybe even an individual of great age and wisdom. <laughs> and then, if we move past our names and what we do or what we once did, we must continue to go further. Maybe we next move to our ethnicity or the country of origin our family came from. Perhaps you're English or Irish or Italian or African or Vietnamese or Filipino. Maybe. We apply that to our nationality. We're Cuban-American or African-American or Native American. And beyond that, maybe now you even begin to move in to your religion as a Christian, an Episcopalian, maybe a Catholic or a Baptist, or that one title all of us clergy truly are disappointed to hear, I am spiritual and not religious, whatever that means. And of course, we can all go on with our sports teams and our alma maters, our favorite hobbies, our political standings. Just don't do that in the church, please. Or the clubs to which we belong. But still, that question doesn't have to end there either. Who are you? When we're young, that question is filled with a whole lot of excitement and possibility, isn't it? But as we move through our life, it can become something that never stops demanding a more defining answer until one day it begins to carry the even heavier weight of who we've been throughout our lives and how we might be remembered when we are no longer here. And let's be honest, one of the hardest parts today, I think, about figuring out exactly who we are is the simple fact that our world has been given the great opportunity to see and know the lives of so many other people. In the ancient world, a community would certainly have had its elders and its heroes and heroines, its gods and goddesses within its culture and place of origin. But today, through that internet we have, through social media, through reality television, I know none of you spend your time watching, everyone around us can put what they want us to know about them out there on full display. And with that combination of what we might describe as the good, the bad, and the downright ugly, we have a whole myriad of new expectations suddenly placed upon us from a very young age. Expectations to either be or not to be like so many other people, those looked up to and held in high regards are those who we are warned from the beginning to avoid. And certainly this isn't all necessarily a bad thing because wanting to be like a good person, maybe even like someone held up by our world or our faith as a saint, like dear old Saint Francis of Assisi, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa of the Episcopal School of Jacksonville, Even someone like Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Archbishop Desmond Tutu, those are all people worth aspiring to, I think we'd all agree, in our lives. To want to be like a saint for the good of the community and the world is a worthy goal, and it proves that in the end there's nothing wrong at all with wanting to be like someone else. Nothing wrong, that is, unless those aspirations begin to stand in the way of us ever finding out, accepting, and becoming who we really are ourselves. So who is that? Who are we really? No matter how much we look up to the good and the saintly who come before us, we can never be really another Francis or Teresa or Martin or Desmond. If we go back to our question and then take away all of the people we wish we were, the good and especially the bad and the ugly, we eventually arrive all the way back to the first answer we gave, that name given to us by our parents, that name spoken at our baptism into Christ's church. Ultimately, that will be the only person we can ever truly be. And just figuring out who that person is without using someone else famous or meaningful or even from our own family may actually be the hardest task ever set before us in this life God has given us so lovingly and mercifully. Brothers and sisters, this morning we are arriving again at one of the most quintessential celebrations for us as a community of Christians on our spiritual calendar. A celebration I truly believe is arguably the most important of the Christian year for each and every one of us as individuals the combined sunday feast of all saints and all souls and why is this commemoration of all saints and all the faithful departed so important for christian people of faith today well simply because this is the day meant to encourage each of us to open ourselves up to who god created us to be from the very beginning christmas and easter are of course equally important because they lay out for us the great story of our salvation in Jesus Christ, his holy birth, his divine life, his earth-changing death and resurrection from the grave. But All Saints Day is how that story is meant to be applied and put into action in all the saints, me and you. It is the story for the church militant on earth now united and connected always to a great church triumphant in heaven, and that intersecting, interconnecting bonding that forever joins us together, both the living and the dead, through the waters of baptism, in the life and body of Jesus Christ, which is the church always and forever. Today, we will baptize into this body its newest of members. And then just a short time later, brothers and sisters, we will all be invited to process together out of this church and around to our church's columbarium to read aloud the names of those who have passed on beyond the veil of death in the year that has passed. That means that today you and me are standing together right in the middle of this amazing, great, evolving and emerging communion and fellowship of all the saints of God as God created us to be and as God Loves us the most. Certainly without question. We should finish this great festival day. Inspired by those who've gone before us in faith. And on whose shoulders we are very blessed to be standing. But we must also be reminded that we ourselves. Are to take on and become that new support. And that new inspiration for those who will follow after us. In our faith. We are meant to be the saints of right now, and we can only be those saints if we live out our faith as our true selves, as who God created us to be in the beginning. Really, to want to be someone else because they appear or are accepted as being more spiritual or more caring or more faithful is really to degrade how spiritual and caring and faithful we can already be ourselves because we too have walked through the waters of baptism. We too have been forgiven and saved by Christ and set down to do the work he sets before us. We read again in the scripture this morning from St. Paul's wonderful letter to the Ephesians, the answer, I believe, to our question of who we are, powerfully revealed by St. Paul. St. Paul proclaims, In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. Brothers and sisters, that, that's who we are. We are God's own people, made in God's own image and redeemed in the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ, who saved us and set us on course to be who we really are, which is nothing less than God's own daughter's in God's own sons. On this holy morning, our spiritual faith and discipleship as Christians as laid out clearly before us. If we would just open our ears and listen and open our eyes to see. We are not here to only learn how to be good people or righteous people or even holy people. We are here to start living it now as that which we were created to be in this world. God's own people. That is our true self, and it should change everything. For everyone we meet, we have to remember is also created in the same image of God. Therefore, if we are all God's own people, then there is no room for hatred. There's no room for racism. There's no need room for bigotry. No room for anti-Semitism, sexism, or misogyny. No room for power plays or war or violence in this world anymore. We have a much more important task in front of us to be who we already are, the hands and the hearts and the faces of Jesus Christ, the God of peace, the God of love, the God of mercy, the God of forgiveness. We are marked ourselves as Christ's own forever through the waters of baptism. That sets us out to love and to serve the world and to one day pass through the veil that divides the physical world from the heavenly with great hope and promise that we too will join in the worship around the throne of the Lamb until Christ returns and our bodies do reemerge again to live in the new Jerusalem and to see again the garden God intended for us when he created this world. As the great hymn written for this church will proclaim to us again in just a few minutes, who are we? We are all saints. Let us follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to fulfill his good news and to be the saints we are by God's love, mercy and forgiveness. Amen.